Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you, to those here in the church and to those who are joining us online. It is good to have you with us. Let us worship God. We sing the hymn 147, hymn 147. We sing verses 1 to 4 and 7, verses 1 to 4 and 7, all creatures of our God and King.
Let us pray. Loving God, you have spoken to your people through the prophet. In Jesus Christ, you have drawn near to us. And through the Holy Spirit, you illumine our thoughts and guide our feet. Gracious God, having come to us, you call us to come to you, promising that in Jesus we shall find rest for our souls, that through Jesus our hunger shall be satisfied, and that trusting in Jesus we shall be blessed. Creator God, accept the worship we now offer, and with it our grateful praise. Living God, as we focus our eyes upon Jesus, our own imperfections become clear. We are ashamed of our failure to speak out against that which is wrong and to challenge injustice when we encounter it. We are quick to highlight the faults in others, but slow to acknowledge our own faults. Gracious God, we long to serve you better and to live as your people. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Almighty God, in your mercy, forgive us and put a new spirit within us that we may act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with you Living God, as we wait now before you, open our eyes to your presence. And as we dedicate ourselves and our gifts to you, let us hear you as you speak to us through word and music and song. In Jesus' name we ask these things, and together we say the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The parish halls will be open tomorrow afternoon from two until four. There will be tea and coffee and biscuits. All will be welcome for a time of fellowship in a warm space tomorrow afternoon. The Kirk Session will meet in the parish halls on Tuesday evening at half past seven. There'll be a soup and sandwich lunch in the parish halls this coming Saturday from 12 to 1.30. Please do come along if you can and bring a friend. I wonder, what is it that makes us happy? Would anyone like to share what it is 
that makes you happy? Anyone? Yes, Margaret. Your family. Yes, I think our family makes us happy. Yes, Rebecca. The sun. Oh, yes, when the sun is out. And I think it's out at the moment, and it was a lovely day yesterday, wasn't it? And I think that made us happy. Anything else that makes us happy? Tony? Peace of mind. mind. Oh, what a gift that is. Peace of mind, not to be anxious or worried or concerned. Anything else? Oh, absolutely. Seeing the snowdrops come up. And you know this, it was just on Friday morning, there's a tub in the back garden at the manse where I'd planted snowdrops. But I couldn't see them from the manse window. So I actually went out on Friday and went round the back and I was delighted to see the snowdrops appearing. Signs of better days to come. Anything else that makes us Happy. Graham. Oh, a great answer. When friends try to cheer you up. Absolutely. Yes. Playing with your friends. Oh, isn't that just wonderful? So, there's lots of things that can make us happy, but do they make us happy all the time? Not really, do they? Sometimes, but not always. Jesus speaks about being happy. But Jesus speaks about things that make us happy that we might not think about. Jesus said, you will be happy when you are content with what you have knowing that God will give us what we need. Jesus also said, we will be happy when we help others to live in peace and to get on. Jesus also said, we will be happy when we do and say what is right and not wrong. Jesus also said, we will be happy when we forgive those who hurt us. That's not easy, is it? Not easy, but Jesus said, if you want to be happy, don't hold a grudge. Forgive. It's quite different, isn't it? the happiness that Jesus speaks about. But Jesus has said, the happiness that we will know when we follow him is so different from the happiness that others know. And what is more, it is a happiness that does last. Because it's not a happiness that depends on what we are given by others, or even our surroundings or circumstances. It is a happiness that is built on our friendship 
with Jesus. And our friendship with Jesus should color our attitude, the way we live, and the way in which we treat one another. May we all know the happiness that Jesus speaks of. Now, we're going to sing our second hymn. Now, would any of the children like to shout out the number of the hymn? Can anyone see up there on the board the second row? Yes. Well done, Gregor. 351. 351. And this is a great hymn because it tells us about Jesus, and Jesus is our example as we seek to follow Him. And in following Him, we will be happy. Let us hear the word of God as it is found in the book of Micah in the Old Testament, found on page 775 of the Pew Bible. Micah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. The Lord's case against Israel. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up. Plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. 
for the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have you done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Oligal, Gilgal. Then you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And the second reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, Matthew 5, which can be found on page 3 of the Pew Bible. This reading is also called the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, chapter 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. May God bless these readings to his name, and to his name be the glory and the praise. Amen. Thank you very much, Rod. We sing the hymn 259, 259, Beauty for Brokenness.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you laid the foundations of the earth and are the source of all life. You redeemed your people from slavery, and through the prophet you call us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. Loving God, we pray this day for your church. Make it a channel of your peace, and strengthen it that like Christ it may champion the cause of all who are oppressed, those who live in fear, victims of injustice, and the powerless. Lord Jesus, we pray for your world. Where there is conflict, may harmony be restored. Where the powerful seek to exploit the weak, may they be brought low. Where the rich seek to satisfy their greed, may the cry of the poor prick their conscience. Loving God, as we pray for those who are sick at home, and in hospital or hospice, we remember those who mourn, among them the families and friends of Irene Bell and Freddie France and Campbell Allen and Julian Lindsay. Surround them, O God, with your love and grant to them the comfort and peace you have graciously promised. Almighty God, in a moment of quiet, we share with you those things that are uppermost in our minds at this time. Almighty God, to you be all honor and glory and praise. Hear our prayers spoken and unspoken, for we offer them in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Julian, Lindsay, whose passing I referred to in the prayer, was a true Christian gentleman. He passed peacefully away yesterday at the age of 93. Julian was ordained to the eldership in 1964 and admitted as an elder here in the old parish 
1975. In the years that followed, he discharged his duties diligently and well. He was a loyal attender of the Kirk Session, a good district elder. He was a member of our property committee and a member of our Bible study group. We give thanks for a long and a full and a happy life. And at this time, our thoughts and prayers are very much with Carol and Nigel and Graham, who is with us today, and all the family. May they know God's comfort and peace. Let us worship God. The hymn 528, hymn 528, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace.
the question of whether the church should or should not engage in politics is one that gives rise to discussion and debate. While I do not think the church should ever endorse one political party over another, I do think we have an obligation to pray for and engage with politicians and to speak out when we feel things are being done that are not in the best interest of others, particularly the poor, the vulnerable, and those whose voice may not otherwise be heard. Politics is a multifaceted word. It refers to the role of the government and political parties, but it also refers to people, the people of a country whose lives are affected for good or ill by government decisions and policies. Both our readings today make it clear that part of our calling as a church is to look beyond our own needs and to consider the needs of others. Both readings also encourage us to work in order to create a better society, a society in which justice prevails and all are treated with respect. Micah uh, was an interesting prophet. He lived some 800 years before Jesus was born. He lived at a time of great political turmoil, a time when the powerful in the land treated the poor with disdain. And it was at such a time that God spoke through Micah and set down what our faith entails. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? On Friday afternoon, I had the privilege of attending a burn supper in St. Ninian's Primary School. It was a great event altogether, and the children of Primary 7 were excellent, as among various toasts and sketches and songs, they recited some of Burns's poetry. 
as I listened to them, it struck me that these children were reciting words written more than 225 years ago. And I wondered, what would Burns have thought if prior to his death in 1796, he had been told that his words would prevail for so long a time? It really is quite something that the words of the plowman poet are remembered to this day. Well, today we are recalling words written well over 2,000 years ago, and that is even more amazing. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God? Micah's words are insightful and challenging in equal measure, and they present us with some searching questions. As we think of the history of the church over the centuries, did it always adhere to the prophet's teaching? Often it did. But sadly, there have been times in our history when the church was anything but just, or merciful, or humble, in its pronouncements and deeds. It's interesting that in past centuries, Kirk Sessions were responsible for overseeing moral conduct at parish level. Sometimes they discharged this particular duty in a way that was harsh and severe, to say the least. And what of the church today? What of the church's engagement with the communities in which we live and work and where we are called to serve? Does the faith that we proclaim reveal itself in action? Do we as a church make a difference within our communities and society as a whole? Are we just and merciful? Do we walk humbly with God as we go about our daily lives? These are questions we have to ask, and no matter how difficult or painful, we have to seek to answer them.
In days of old, the church was responsible for so much more than it is today. One thinks, for example, of the education of children and the welfare of the poor. While the state has taken over responsibility for such matters, we fail in our calling when we see injustice and remain silent, when we encounter abject poverty and do not take action to help. While it is easy to be critical of those in authority, be it in London or Edinburgh or Stirling, there are some issues that government and council policies in all fairness cannot address. But often the church can. At this time, when so many people are writing the church's obituary, there are opportunities to actively engage with people and to make a difference. Here are some local examples. There is the opportunity to serve on St. Ninian's Community Council, and I think there will be elections for that soon. How good it would be if a member of the church was to serve on that council. There is also the opportunity to be a street pastor, and training will be held soon in connection with that. There is the opportunity to volunteer and work with Startup Stirling. There is the opportunity to join a befriending scheme and give some time each week to support those who feel socially isolated and lonely. Recently, I was pleased to be contacted by Stirling Council's Community Development Officer for St. Ninians. She would like to learn more about the church and what we might be able to do in partnership with the council for this area. I welcome this very much, and I look forward not only to a good discussion, but a fruitful outcome. Ours is a huge and vast parish. In my opinion, the finest parish in the land.
It is varied. It is diverse. But there is great need within parts of it. And there are many that we as a church are not connecting with. We need to address this issue as we go forward as God's people. In his sermon on the Mount, the opening part of which Rod read to us, Jesus makes it clear that our faith should have an impact on our relationship with others. Yes, our faith is important. We come together as we do today to nourish and strengthen our faith. We come to read and hear God's Word. We come to praise Him through our hymns and the music. We come to encourage one another in our discipleship. But that is only one side of the coin. There is another side. And it concerns what we do out there beyond our doors. In being faithful, we are called to follow the example of Jesus Himself, who actively engaged with people, who affirmed them as human beings loved by God, and who showed them a better way in which to live. You shall not kill is extended to you shall not harbor anger and resentment. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is surpassed by turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And what of the Beatitudes? Who are the ones who will be blessed? Among them will be those who hunger and thirst to see the wrongs in the world put right and who do not give up when confronted by the scale of the challenge. King David of Old Testament times had always wanted to build a temple to the glory of God. Alas, he never achieved his ambition. But God said to him, You did well 
that it was in your heart. In His mercy, God judges us, not only by our achievements in this life, but by our dreams, our hopes, and our desires. My friends, Micah's writing and the teaching of our Lord make it abundantly clear that our faith cannot be lived in isolation. It must be evident in our lives, in the way we treat one another, and the way in which we give of ourselves, day in and day out, for the sake of God's kingdom. Henry Nouwen was a Dutch Catholic priest. He was a writer and theologian. In one of his books, he wrote these words, Compassion grows with the inner recognition that your neighbor shares your humanity with you. This partnership cuts through all walls which might have kept you separate. Across all barriers of land and language, wealth and poverty, knowledge and ignorance, we are one, created from the same dust. My friends, Jesus' teaching, not least the Beatitudes, presents us with an image of a world marked by righteousness and restoration. The Beatitudes give us the ability to hope that one day words like mercy and peace and love will be descriptive of our world and the communities in which we live and work and are called to serve. And it is that hope that should motivate us and inspire us to engage with the world and to do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with God. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn 360, hymn 360, Jesus Christ is waiting, waiting in the streets.
go forth in joy and in peace. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, descend upon you and dwell within you this day and even forevermore.